Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Time now for the College Football Inquirer with Dan Wetzel. Uh, It's got to (laughs) be the worst football game of the year. Pete Where else do you get gambling analysis based on potential multiple overtime results? With SI's Pat Forty. One of the great uses of the electoral process right here. Here's Pat, Pete, and Dan. Hi, welcome to the pod. Race for the case. Week six, I believe. Week six. Wow, it's flying by. Flying by. The race is tight. Anybody can win that case of beer. And uh, I'm going to, though. And I'm going to do it on the strength of this week's selections. Red River, number uh. 21, Texas. Number six, Oklahoma, right there at the Texas State Fair in Dallas. Lots of drunks and, and fried food and Big Tex, right? Is Big Tex still there? Didn't Big Tex burn? Yeah, I think burn? they replaced him. They, they can't have ahead. the fair without Big Tex. Big Tex is there. Noon on ABC. Oklahoma is given three and a half. The over-under is 63 and a half. 75% of the money, uh, the bets, 85% of the money on the Longhorns. Everyone likes the horns. Pat, who you got? I'm with the money. I like the horns there, too. Getting points in a game, as I mentioned on the last pod, Texas historically gets up for. Texas historically covers this spread. There is some pressure on Sark to do what Tom Herman and even Charlie Strong could do, which was cover the spread and occasionally win against Oklahoma. Uh, And I look at Oklahoma, and I'm, what's to be impressed by? They beat Tulane by five. Tulane is terrible. They beat Nebraska by seven. Nebraska is okay. Uh, They beat West Virginia by three on a last-second field goal. Big whoop, and they win at Kansas State by six. That's actually their most impressive performance of the year is winning at Kansas State by six. And, of course, this is the same Kansas State team that lost by 11 to Oklahoma State. So I just don't see much from Oklahoma that indicates they are a high-quality team. Spencer Rattler played his best game against the Wildcats, but they're not a prolific offense the likes of which we're used to seeing from Lincoln Riley. The defense is pretty good, but can be gettable. Uh, I think Bajan Robinson has a huge impact. Casey Thompson makes enough plays, and the Horns certainly cover. And I'm going to say they win outright. It's it's interesting because you know some of our Texas optimism comes from you know beating Lafayette like they did, and Lafayette's really not 
that great this year, right? They certainly weren't the kind of preseason ranked team we 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 thought they would be and have been, quite frankly, and were last year under uh, under Billy Napier. And then the you know Rice Texas Tech is probably their best win, and they did hang seventy on them. So I am going to take Oklahoma, and I'm going to take Oklahoma on the simple fact that I took Texas so many times last year, and they burnt me. I really feel like as bad as Oklahoma has been, they have figured out a way to win. They have shown up when they have needed to. They have not covered a lot in this game, and and I understand that, but I do really feel like defense is there in a way maybe it hasn't been in the uh, in, in the past in terms of talent. Now, they haven't produced like they have, but I just feel like a Texas pick is based off of one excellent player and then some just sort of faulty and, and, and flawed logic. Oh, I still feel like the Oklahoma program is ahead of the Texas program, and I feel like when these two arrive, Oklahoma's going to be more ready to play. They have a, a coach who has been in this game in this environment before, and I think they're going to win, and I think they're going to win by a touchdown. The OU offensive line scares me a good bit. They rank 75th in the country in rushing, even with stud Eric Gray. Pro Football Focus doesn't have a single lineman graded over 66, which is not good. I've gone back and forth on this game, but I think the OU rush defense will do enough to slow down B. John Robinson, lay the points, and give me the Sooners. So, sorry, Pat. You're not getting a lone wolf on this. I'm going to take Texas, and it's that three and a half that does it. This is often a very close game. Actually, my bigger fear would be it's an overtime touchdown that, you know, that's going to screw it up. Uh, I think Texas looks pretty good. Oklahoma doesn't look that good, and I'll take that extra half point. So if it's a uh, last-second field goal by the Sooners, which would not surprise me at all, um, I would not take Texas to win, but I'll take three and a half. So that is my pick. Longhorns, hook them. Yeah, that's right. actually what happened last year was it went four OTs. It was a three-point spread, and the game was hmm. a dead-even tie and then ended up an eight-point game in quadruple OT. I believe that was in my suppressed memory, which is why I'm bringing it up. I don't <laughs> Damn overtime. Uh, and then you got this new overtime where it's the two-point conversion. Yeah. So yeah. once you get to that, la- if we can get through a couple OTs, there you go. safe. And then it's a totally two-point win. Hey, it's popping the champagne. Genius. Where else do you get gambling analysis based on, you know, potential multiple overtime results? So yeah. yes, this is this is the shootout, not the shootout. Don't shoot anybody. Number 13, Arkansas at number six, Ole Miss. Both programs. Got put in their place by Big Brother last week. They will try to return noon on ESPN. Rebels given six over under 66. Half the bets, 60% of the money on Ole Miss, which was hosting this game. Pete, you can go first on this one. I'm going to take Lane Kiffin on the way of, I think we have some humble pie Lane Kiffin this week. He'll actually punt occasionally, which uh, would have been a which would have been a novel strategy against uh, against Alabama. And look, part of the Arkansas mystique that's built him to the, the way they are is is Barry Odom, you know, figured out a figured out a way to intercept Matt Corral 37 times in this game last year. Was it 36 or 37, Sully? It was six. It was a lot. The I, I do feel like the Rebels are improved defensively. I do feel like Arkansas has been stunned once on the road already, just in terms of like not showing up and the issues uh, that that came with that. So yeah, I think that that Ole Miss can win this game uh, by 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 two touchdowns, and I have faith in Lane recovering from a hangover because he's got experience. <laughs> um. Man, I, I'm extremely ambivalent about this. 
Give me Arkansas on the points. I, I I think these teams are pretty darn even, and I don't know whether there's a six point difference that you're going to get in the Grove uh, and Vaught Stadium. I you know you're right. Both teams laid stink bombs last week. I I do think if you look, Arkansas's defense was not horrific against Georgia. You know they got they got stunned early, but they didn't give up a ton. Tighten up some things. Don't commit penalties. Don't get kicks blocked. Make your kicks. Those sort of things, and I think this is a very close game between relatively even, although very different teams. So I will take Arkansas and the points. I got my popcorn ready. I think this is going to be a fun one, and I'm going to side with the best offense in the game, averaging 44.8 points even after last week. Uh, they, they put 21 up on Alabama. Could have been more if they didn't go for fourth, you know, going forward on fourth down, as Pete mentioned, and they'll be able to outscore the Hogs. Lay the points. I'm Ole Miss, too. Same same analysis. I, don't, I think their offense is good. I think they're a good team. I think they ran into Alabama. They got behind, coached a very different game. Uh, Arkansas defense was pretty good. They're also facing Stetson Bennett, and um, <laughs> Stetson Bennett will not be in this game. Sorry, Stetson. I, when Sorry. I when I envision Stetson Bennett, I just picture Sully playing quarterback. I'll take All it right. as a compliment. I mean, yeah, he's I a good-looking SEC quarterback. I love it. Yeah, Ole Miss will uh, win in cover, uh, obviously. Uh, all right, number two, Georgia at number 18, Auburn, oldest uh, rivalry in the South, I believe this one is dubbed, 330. On CBS, Bulldogs giving 14 and a half. The over-under is just 46, 85% of the bets, 90% of the money on UGA. Pat Forty, where are you going? Lay the points on the dogs. If we've seen one thing so far from them, they look like a Saban team in terms of you get them in a game against a relatively high-profile opponent, they're showing up, and they're showing up with a vengeance. And it's the, by far right now the best defense in the country. And what did Auburn do when it beat LSU and Tiger Stadium? Bo Nix pulled stuff out of his rear. You're not pulling those plays out of your rear against this defense. They're trampling you. They're putting you on the ground, or they're picking you off. So I don't see the Bo Nix magic conjuring up enough points to really make this very close. It's a big number, 14 and a half. Would prefer it on the other side of 14 at 13 and a half, but it, this is what it is. And I am putting Georgia in the category of Alabama where you just don't pick against them at this point. I uh, obviously saw Auburn on, on Saturday night in Tiger Stadium, and the best thing that they did in that game was win. The second best thing they did in that game was let Bo Nix pirouette around in the backfield. And he had like three of the most magnificent plays I'd ever seen. And all of those could have been the most disastrous plays I've ever seen. And the, the difference in that is, you know, like milliseconds of speed, scheme, et cetera. And I think some of those moments where Bo Nix is spinning and improving are going to get swallowed whole by this Georgia defense. I just don't think Auburn does anything particularly well right now. Now, good for Brian Harson. They went into Death Valley and figured out a way to win a game, which is which is an impressive trait. I don't think the talent level in the Auburn program right now is a place where they can stay close to Georgia. I always hate betting road favorites at Auburn because I do think it's one of the most dynamic environments in the country and you know is worth a touchdown, but I, I am still taking Georgia based on pure 
talent. Yep, I'm with you guys. Georgia forced more three and outs than they did first downs last week, damn near. So <laughs> Bo Nix is going to be scrambling and running for his life. And as you said, Pete, it's a millisecond difference between a sack and a, and a crazy touchdown. So he's not going to have that millisecond. He's not going to have any time this week. Uh, give, give me give me the dogs. Same. Georgia, hate, hate 14 and a half on the road at Auburn as a huge number. But I will take uh, Georgia. That defense is too good. Again, over under just 46 is very interesting. That's, that means, you know, Vegas does not think Auburn's going to score a lot of points. You don't have a two, two touchdown plus favorite and only 46 points in a game. Uh, all right. Iowa City, Penn State, number four at Iowa, number three, 4 p.m. on Fox. Iowa is giving two and a half. The over under is 41.5. 45% of the bets, but 60% of the money is on Penn State. The big money, big bets on Penn State. So 55% of the bets are on Iowa. I can do math. <laughs> Pat, yeah, you're going you to this game, are you not? I'm going to the game, yes. Are you stopping by Ames? I, I have no intention of stopping by Ames on Water. moral grounds. On moral grounds, Dan, we have discovered you, you with your dog and investigative reporting, discovered the fraudulence of the entire, you know, hooray for Ames song. I, I want nothing to do with that fraudulent community. <laughs> We're never playing it again. Never playing it again. <laughs> That's right. It's off the air. It's off the pod. The water's out. I'm not going to Ames. <laughs> you don't think the water's good even. I, I'm skeptical. I'm very skeptical. <laughs> What are we supposed to believe? Who are we supposed to believe I in this know. world? That's the thing. It's if we can't lie. believe those people on that video, then, you know, what, what are we even doing here? They I want to know who choking on their new water in Baltimore and Georgia <laughs> and Boston or wherever they all moved to. I want someone in Ames, be it a listener to their home or at a local establishment, eatery, et cetera, to issue an invitation to Pat Forty on Friday night to come try the water. Ames is only, what, 35 minutes from Des Moines, something like that, Pat? Yep, I ain't going. <laughs> Maybe they don't want you. <laughs> Man's got to have a code. And when I mean, when is, lied to, is there that much to do in Des Moines? <laughs> when Actually, I hope there, there are a couple spots in Des Moines. Absolutely. Right. El Bait Shop, right. baby. It's a heck of a bar. Awesome. All right. That's good. Trouble, I've, man. I've done a night or two in the Des Moines Marriott. That's where all the... Uh, when the political writers are on the campaign trail, yeah. they pretend to be sports writers and they collect their Marriott points. So that Des Moines Marriott is some deals have been brokered there. And it's not like uh, Southern Miss hiring a new special teams analyst. <laughs> the stakes are a little higher than <laughs> be on the lookout for Pat in Des Moines. He gets out in the wild like that. Anything can happen. Yeah. Game's not till four. He's got plenty of time to sleep it off. Uh, he will not be drinking water. I can assure you. Yes. That. <laughs> All right. Well, who you picking genius? Uh, I'm taking Penn State and the points here. I I, I like them getting – it's going to be low scoring. You know, both teams are very defense-oriented. Uh, and, again, we talked about earlier in the week, I mean, everything Iowa does is predicated on takeaways, kicking games, short fields, winning field position battle. That's harder to do against Penn State because they're pretty buttoned up in those areas. You're just not going to get, I don't think – a bushel of turnovers off of them. Uh, and the stat I had is that Iowa's scoring drives are less than 40 yards in length. If you make them go 70 or 80, they're not going to get there. So, uh, and I think Penn State has the defense to do that. The one thing I will say, got to give Spencer Petras credit. I don't think he's a great quarterback, 
His efficiency rating has gone up every single game so far. 93, 110, 127, 167, 182. That was against Maryland. Penn State's way better than Maryland. Uh, He's going to have to play better than he has to this point, and I don't think that happens against a very good Penn State secondary, very good linebackers. That's a good defense. James Franklin, good in a big spot here. Give me the Nittany Lions. It's a very good defense that somehow managed to shut down that vaunted Wisconsin offense in the uh, the opening week. I think that we are judging a very good Penn State team off of results against – one bad Wisconsin team on the road, and look, all credit went on the road in your league. I'm never gonna, I'm never gonna, you know, shoot you down for that. But certainly, that game was a study in self destruction by Wisconsin more than it was in opportunism by Penn State. And then, uh, you know, look, they had Auburn. It was a whiteout. They won the game. That just Penn State just hasn't blown me away. And I feel like going to Iowa. They are going to have to be much better than they have been in their other high-profile games. And that's why I like the Hawkeyes. I'll lay the points. I think they win in a Ferencian 13-10 victory. That's right. I mean, everybody on this podcast is picking a low slog game, which is exactly what Iowa wants. Less 12 turnovers means that they have a good defense. They're going to come out of there with a win and roll into Indianapolis. Book it, baby. Stay in all modes. Here we come, Hawkeyes. Let's go. I was on the Hawkeye bandwagon early. I told you they were going to win the West. Y'all didn't listen. Nobody listened. (laughs) It's true. What did you say? To who? When? Yeah. Yeah. We got the Don Tate. However, it's a tough game. It is going to be so low scoring. I'll take Penn State. I uh, just think Penn State's better than Iowa. And I, I, you're giving me two, which is, I think, a significant amount in this game. And, uh, <laughs> it's a big spread. Give me a safety, baby. Hey, if it's 14, uh, look at this. 13. If the over-under is 41 and a half. Two points is almost 5%. Like, it's, like, there's something there. I, I'm going to take the points. I, I just think Penn State's a little bit better. I think Iowa... So many close games. I wouldn't bet this game at all. I am forced to pick one, so I'm going to take Penn State, Nittany Lions, but that's it. All right. Staying we have a lot in- of uh, Iowa listeners, and uh, I feel like we want some reports in the press box. I was hoping Pat would be a lone wolf because he would be rooting a little extra hard for his picks in the in the in the press box. So, yeah, if there's if there's any slight fist bumps in in the uh, Iowa City press box, I, I, we just like some reports, making sure uh, Mr. Forty keeps decorum. Uh, you know, there. If he's not going to drink the tap water, um, at least make sure he behaves. Paragon of professionalism in the press box. <laughs> Except that time we high-fived after the statue play with Boise Beat Oklahoma. <laughs> yeah, yeah that, that's an exception. All right? It's a once-in-a-lifetime play. 14 years, we're allowed to high-five. <laughs> I mean, if you got to do it, you got to do it. <laughs> that's um, a pretty cool play. <laughs> number nine, Michigan at Nebraska. Sticking with the Big Ten East-West Clash. 7.30 on ABC. It will be electric at Nebraska. The one thing the Cornhuskers still do well. Man, they can host a football game. Michigan is giving three. The over-under is 52. 80% of the bets, 90% of the money are on the Wolverines. My guess that is because gambling is illegal, is legal in Michigan and not legal in Nebraska. So take these things. (laughs) Pretty good point. Also, a lot more people live in Michigan than Nebraska. Nebraska is probably one of those states that'll never make it legal, right? Will you ever be able to sports wager there? I don't know. Anyway, well, that's the that's the deal. 
Who you got? I don't know who goes first. Sully, you go first on this one. Michigan is 4-0 against the spread this year and make it five. The Huskers offensive line will not have an answer for that nasty Michigan pass rush. Hutchinson's going to be all over him like he normally is on every offensive line and quarterback. Uh, lay the points and go blue in a route. Uh, I'm with you, Sully. I like Michigan here. I'm a little bit, I, you know, I see Nebraska kind of rounding the corner a bit. They should have probably beaten Michigan State and East Lansing. They utterly destroyed Northwestern, and while that isn't any great prize, they put up the most yards and highest yards per play anyone has ever done against Pat Fitzgerald. That's saying something. I agree. Michigan's run defense and Michigan's pass rush, very important here. The thing you got to do is you got to keep – you can't just wild-eyed rush Adrian Martinez or else he hurts you scrambling. If you make him sit in the pocket and read and throw, he's going to get sacked. If you give him outs, he can run and and cause some damage that way. But – Michigan's running game has slowed down the last couple of weeks, but Nebraska's run defense is just okay. I mean, it's not bad, but it's not anything great. It's certainly not Wisconsin. So I like Michigan in this spot to keep it rolling and keep uh, interest high in everything in the Big Ten East. I think Nebraska's going to win this game. I really feel like uh, Nebraska has started to play better. I feel like Michigan has yet to play in a game where the other team's offense has been functional enough to force them to pass the ball. Michigan has just simply been defiantly one-dimensional and very smart by Jim Harbaugh. Why force it if you don't have to? They have steamrolled five inferior opponents through one mechanism and one mechanism only. And I feel like this is the game, because Nebraska's offense is a little bit in sync, I thought it was a, a, a really positive sign that they uh, that they did start to, uh, to to run Adrian Martinez a little bit more. He had, uh, I think, eight carries for, uh, for for 50 yards and three rushing touchdowns against, uh, against Northwestern. And because Michigan's run defense is so good, I think you are going to need the threat of the quarterback run in order to do that. But I think this will be a wild environment. I do feel like once Michigan is forced to throw the ball, they are going to have a difficult time. So I, I'm going to uh, I'm going to take the Huskers in an upset. And if they lose by one, I won't complain. Try to tell you before the season, Michigan was going to be good. Y'all didn't listen. Y'all didn't listen. So <laughs> this is the y'all didn't listen race for the case. All didn't listen. I am going to take Michigan. I I may regret this as Adrian Martinez runs around in circles, you know, 75-yard scrambles, and uh, I'm just going to be cursing myself. But I am going to take Michigan in this game. I, I think that, that, that run defense, that defensive line was tremendous against Wisconsin, and uh, nine hits on the quarterback. They knocked Graham Mertz out. Martinez scares me, but I will take. I'm not going to be fooled by an absolutely awful effort by Northwestern last week. Uh, this is still a team that that struggled to score against Illinois, against Oklahoma, and against Michigan State. And I think Michigan's got a better defense than all of them. I will say this: this is like a. It ain't the last stand of of Scott Frost, but boy, is this a big game! Huge. I mean, they win this game, they get four and three. They got Minnesota, Purdue next. You know, at least they've got a chance. Uh, the Wisconsin game now seems winnable. They still have Ohio. Like this is, man, he needs this one. I, I don't, I don't doubt that, and I don't doubt how big the environment is. Michigan just went to Wisconsin though, so I'm going to take Michigan to win this game, even if I'm laying three. All right, I got to do this because of the number of people who are tweeting at us, and I know we did it last week with the UConn Vanderbilt game, but I'm making a mandatory six selection. <laughs> the New oh, England wow. United Challenge. The New England United Challenge. Uh, it's got to be the worst football game of the year. 
why stop there? The decade, the century? Come on, man. No, I mean, we there was a Rutgers-Kansas game recently. I mean, those two teams are at least power five. Yeah, see? Uh, 0-6 UConn, 0-5 Massachusetts. UConn has not won in years. Massachusetts hasn't won in years. Neither Bell, Somebody's going to win for the first time since 2019. Walt Bell, the UMass coach, uh, has one career victory. It was over an 0-12 Akron team. <laughs> Uh, uh, there is a joke you know the loser should go to fcs but i actually think the winner should (laughs) the loser has to stay in fbs and get killed these two teams should merge as i've said that was once a joke and now it seems like a a plausible plan to get out of this this is the pull your cord classic get out end it UConn is your cord class. Pull the cord. (laughs) Pull the cord. Emergency. Emergency (laughs) parachute. This idea you're going to be ever anything in football. It was ridiculous to begin with for both these schools. It is more. It gets more ridiculous every year. You can't be this bad. You can't be these bad. These are the major units. These aren't like directionals. (laughs) <laughs> These are the two state schools of states with people actually live in. <laughs> Give up. Painting a compelling picture for this one. It's on flow F. What's the F part? Is that like a, not, it's like flow plus. You didn't even get the main broadcast on flow. Probably flow football. Cause they got other stuff. They got flow track oh. and flow swimming and flow oh. wrestling and stuff. So. Wow. This is on. This game blows. That's what this is. UConn, <laughs> UMass. Pat, who are you taking? Game is in in uh, Amherst. You know that home field's worth uh, nothing. <laughs> huge, huge. What's the line? <laughs> nice foliage this time of year. Yeah. Connecticut's given three and a half. Yeah, the leaves three start and a turning. half. I I say drink, get some cider, and go inside and watch a real game. Three and a half. Okay, here's exactly what's going to happen. <laughs> exactly what's going to happen. UConn. Six, UMass two, Huskies win. I mean, UMass, like somehow UMass is worse than UConn. UConn is UConn, actually... UConn six points are by three safeties, right? Yes, absolutely. 100%. 100%. <laughs> yes. Uh, no, I mean, UConn has actually kind of showed up the last couple of games a little bit, you know? So, and UMass is, is just catastrophically bad. I mean, they're horrible. So before they unite, before New England United becomes a thing, UConn rises to the top rung of New England football. Six to two, four safeties. You would think uh, as our uh, resident New England uh, resident here that I may have a sophisticated opinion on this game. I do not. I do not. But I am taking the Minutemen. Both teams have... you could ask exactly, Homer. My sister went to UMass, so that that must be why uh, why I'm doing this. UMass showed a little bit of fight against Eastern and BC. They scored 28 in each of those games. And then they just got housed by pretty good Toledo and Coastal Carolina teams. UConn, after not showing life against Holy Cross in Fresno, has shown a little spark in the post-Randy Edsel era. I'm sure he would have got a lot of bonuses for them playing Wyoming tough and then uh, losing by field goal at Vanderbilt. <laughs> So this is, I uh, this is the saddest analysis. Ever. <laughs> <laughs> hey, they got 22 against Wyoming. Um, 
I don't know if uh, UMass starting quarterback Tyler Lytle will be back for this game yet. He's been out for a few weeks with injury. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. <laughs> freshman Brady Olson has played well in spots. He's played like a freshman lately. But I think the Minutemen are going to get it together behind a fiery McGurk Stadium crowd. <laughs> and I am waiting for them to name the, the, the press box after Dan Wetzel. That should be That's the right. uh, that should be our. Yeah. yeah, I don't know if the press box is named after anyone, but uh, I mean, is there a better sports writers coming to UMass than Dan Wetzel? I mean, come on. There's we can name the press them. box after Dan. There's a lot of them. Yeah, there's a lot of them. The name the press box after the guy who's been telling you to shut down your program for 10 years. I don't think that's <laughs> Sully. I know you're angry. I'm making you pick this. Yeah, I loaned Wolf Vanderbilt last week and got screwed out of a win. Good job, Doors. Uh, UConn's actually covered the last three against the spread, but. Yeah, uh, 129th in red zone efficiency, 129th in third down conversions, 130th in first downs, 127th in <laughs> passing yards, 123rd in rushing yards, 129th in yards per play, 130th in points. Give me the minute, man. Well, now do UMass. Where do they rank in all uh, that? Wait, I got They're better terrible ones. Too. Hey, 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 they are. They are. But at least they, they force some turnovers. They're 101st oh. in points, and they could at least protect the quarterback. <laughs> Come on. Wow. A statistical defense of UMass. My God. <laughs> UConn is going to uh, cover. They're going to take this thing, but uh, it's all right because uh, Amherst is way better than stores to live in. Much better bar scene. Antonio's Pizza. It's way better. So who cares? Enjoy uh, the, a night out in Amherst celebrating the loss. Who cares? <laughs> um, plus, I heard Amherst College is making all their students stay in their dorms because of COVID. There's Really? So, you don't even have to deal with those clowns. It's even better. <laughs> All the, the rich preppy elite, kids elite are stuck in their dorm. Yeah, yeah, right, right. Yeah, beat it, beat it. All right, lock of the week time after that nonsense. By the way, if you're betting that game, one eight hundred problem. Yes, for <laughs> sure. <laughs> lock of the week. Who's got one? This way, it, this one jumped out to me so clearly that that it's. Clearly, it's not going to happen. It's just too obvious to me. Coastal Carolina is going to Arkansas State. Coastal Carolina is giving 17 and a half. Road favorite giving 17 and a half. You think, eh? But Coastal Carolina, second in the country yards per play, 8.41. Guess who is dead last in the country in yards per play allowed? <laughs> Arkansas State, 7.99. They're going to run up and down the field on Sully's guy, brick by brick, Butch Jones. He's That's going to be baby. a beat down. They're going to put up 50 plus and they will cover the 17 and a half. Coastal Carolina, a really good team, as usual, getting no, no attention, no respect. I like that pick a lot. Grayson ahead, McCall baby. was in a boot for the second half of the uh, Coastal I game last he week. Playing. He is. He is playing. They say he's, but just, you know, if you are going to not buy Apple stock and invest some hard-earned money in Pat's pick, which is a fine pick, I would just monitor that developing situation. That's all. The, the, the people listening this deep into our Friday podcast usually have a little bit of vested interest. So I just want to share the information. I, I want to play my role. On Tuesday. Yeah. Yes. Yes. We're making these picks on Tuesday. That game actually is Thursday, right? So, you know, my role is to add inane facts. And so I just, I'm just trying to play, play my bit here in the, uh, in, in the sitcom neighbor portion of this uh, podcast. All right. I'm going to jump in since you guys don't have anything yet. I am going to take the Alabama Crimson Tide. Damn it, Dan. <laughs> ah, I should have stepped up. 
<laughs> Should have stepped up. You're the one that I'm, I'm just going. I'm going. You guys don't have anything. Well, I'm going because I keep getting my pick second. 17 and a half. Texas A&M cannot score. They couldn't score in Colorado. Alabama is going to run them. 17 and a half by the tide. I'll take it. Win, cover, done, easy. CBS exec, whoever took this game is the 8 p.m. You know, they have like that clause where you can only put it, take like one game. Bad choice, brother. Bad choice. It's like <laughs> taking Jeff Akuda with the third pick overall. It ain't going to pan out for you. That was the Jamarcus Russell of TV picks. Bama A&M. There's going to be no rating outside of Birmingham on the second half. Bama, easy. All right, Sully, now you can go. <laughs> yeah, I appreciate it. Well, Dan's forced me to go to the bean pot. Well, one more time, baby. Oh my. Nobody knows the mediocrity of the SEC better than Sully. He really <laughs> no. deep dives. Uh, I've been living there for about 20 years now, Dan. I know it. Yeah, Vols laying 10 and a half against South Carolina. They're not looking ahead to Kiffin coming to town the week, the next week. Yeah, this is too easy. South Carolina cannot score with Tennessee. I don't care if they're playing. You know, whoever at quarterback balls can't can score laugh. with mighty Tennessee. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Top, right. 10, top 10 offense this far into the season there, Pat. There we go. All right. Mighty Tennessee going to cover a double digit number. They hung more rushing yards on Missouri than any other team since 1951. So, yes, they are going to score a lot against South Carolina. All right. All right. I'm going to go straight obscure for my uh, for, for my lock of the week this week. I'm going to take Ball State getting 11 points at Western Michigan. Ball State's two and three. They got hammered by Penn State. They've sputtered out of the gate a bit. They turned things around with a big win at home against Army on Saturday. And I think the preseason MAC favorites are, are, you know, an even team with Western Michigan, who's been great. They've thrown the ball great. I just feel like this is going to be an old MAC tussle, and 11 points is a lot for, for, for Ball State. Got pretty much everyone back from the team that won the league. So. I'm going to uh, I'm going to take Ball State uh, getting those eleven. All right, uh, before we go, we have we have the results of Fat Bear Week. Fat Bear Week is done. The votes are tallied. If you don't know the Fat Bear Week, it is something put on by the Katmai National Park and Preserve in Alaska with Explore.org. They take pictures of all their bears at the uh, park who uh, got fat all summer eating salmon and stuff like that. <laughs> and then uh, the, the people vote on which bear is the fattest bear. And you win the coveted title of Fat Bear Week. One of the great uses of the electoral process right here, really. Really is. Uh, nobody gives them an award because they will eat you. <laughs> so stay away. But the pictures from the, like, these guys, they plump up big. Oh, it's amazing. Like, it's amazing what happens. Of course, they're going to go to sleep for like six months or something. Yeah, so right. anyway, I, I believe this entire season should be under protest. <laughs> of course you do. My choice. Holly did not win. <laughs> I believe the voters are misogynists who will not <laughs> vote for a woman. <laughs> I think it's equality of women that, that they can be in the fat bear contest and there's no shame. <laughs> We're not body shaming. We're proud of it. No shaming involved. But if you're not no. fat enough, you're not fat enough. This is not misogyny. Mm. Holly's a little too, little too toned. A little too, too petite. Yep. She ain't petite. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, it came down to you two as the finalists. Sully versus 40. Pat. Yeah. The whole pot. Did you have Otis? I did have Otis. And he and took. Pat, 
Tad had Walker. That's yep. right. And Otis won. That's right. I, I would I would like to thank the uh, the committee for for <laughs> honoring our us collectively. He did all the work. Actually, he didn't do a lot of work. I think this is why he won. This is a great line in the biography here. Still, he recognizes that patience is a successful strategy. Otis rarely makes an effort to chase salmon like younger, more energetic bears. Once he has his preferred fishing spot, when it becomes available, he takes advantage of the opportunity while expending little energy. (laughs) While while Otis occasionally appears to be napping or paying attention, most of the time he's just fishing. So he is the older. He's older. He's 25. Yeah. Uh, His uh, two canine teeth and many of the other teeth are greatly worn. He's eaten so many fish. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he's he's and, the Tom Brady of, of Fat yeah, Bear Week. He really is. Know? Congratulations. Four-time to, champion, uh, Otis. Otis. Yeah. He's uh, deemed by the uh, park, has deemed him the portly patriarch of Ponch. <laughs> <laughs> Always appreciate some good alliteration. Uh, 747, my old choice, the, Pat, the Pete Stoll. Early or lost early, along with Holly, came yeah. down to the yeah. We can't. Well, at least Pete, we didn't we, even live, let Pete stick around for this end of the podcast because his bear no. was dismissed so quickly. So that was the thing. Once Pete picked him, he started eating ICA bowl, whatever that those <laughs> kale's <laughs> salads and stuff. Was, uh, you don't want that. You're cursed. Yeah, but another another key development here, since there's just the three of us left on the pod, Sully and I voted. Two to one that we get points mm-hmm. for having finals. No, no, you don't get points for finals. A full no, point no, for no, Sully no, and a no. half a point for me. I, I, I like this. Podcast is over. Please subscribe, <laughs> share us on social media, and keep leaving us nice reviews. These two are idiots. Congratulations to Otis. We'll be back Sunday night, Monday, overreaction, all the excitement, and uh, we'll mock our terrible picks if they were terrible. We'll see. Talk to you later. <laughs>